0: Would you open God's precious holy word to 2 Kings chapter 2, and we're going to say goodbye to Elijah tonight, and we'll be in verses 1 through 14. It was when Yahweh was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind that Elijah and Elisha went from Gilgal. It develops in the story here that Yahweh has obviously informed Elijah that he's going to take him away out of the world. Verse 2, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here now for Yahweh has sent me as far as Bethel. Now at Bethel and at Jericho, there were members, I guess you would say, those who were a part of the school of the prophets that uh, were obviously under the tutelage of both Elijah and Elisha, probably more Elisha than Elijah. So he says, stay here now. Yahweh has sent me as far as Bethel. He really didn't expect anyone, and this is Elijah. Elijah really didn't anyone want anyone to accompany him. He knew that Yahweh was going to take him out of the world somehow. Uh, and he didn't want to make a big deal out of it. He didn't want the others to see. And he didn't know that Yahweh had also informed Elijah and the, the Elisha and the sons of the, the school of the prophets. Stay here. Yahweh has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as Yahweh lives and by the life of your soul, I will not leave you. And they went down to Bethel. The disciples of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today Yahweh will take your master from you? And he said, I know it too. Be quiet. So they don't want Elijah to know that they know that Yahweh is going to take him away. Yahweh has informed them in some way. Elijah said to him, okay, stay here now, for Yahweh has sent me to Jericho. And he said, as Yahweh lives and by your life, I will not leave you. They came then to Jericho. And the disciples, so this is another group of the disciples of the prophets who were in Jericho approached Elisha and said to him, do you know that today Yahweh will take your master from you? And he said, I know it too. Be quiet. Elijah said to him, stay here now for Yahweh has sent me to the Jordan. And he said, as Yahweh lives and by your life, I will not leave you. And so they both went then To the Jordan. And fifty men of the disciples of the prophets went and stood opposite them from a distance, as they both stood at the Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up, struck the water, and it divided to this side and to that side, and they both crossed on dry land, as it had done in the time of, of Joshua. And it was when they crossed that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you. And while I'm not yet taken away from you, Elisha said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. You have, he said to him in reply, you have made a difficult request. If you actually see me taken away from you, then it will be to you as you say. And if not, it will not be. So the kicker here would be that if Elisha was permitted to see however Yahweh was going to take Elijah away, if he was permitted to see that, then his request would be granted. Because, you know, he says, he said, that's that's not really for me to do. That, that I can't. I can't just say you can have a double portion of the spirit. Now, what Elisha is asking for is this. And it's not a greedy thing. It is a, um, it is, it is a, uh, a faithful thing for him to ask for. Up to this point in the history of Israel, all of the rabbinical writers and scholars agree that up to this point in the nation of Israel, the greatest prophet was Elijah. He, he did so much and he, he arrested the northern kingdom. And they knew what kind of power as a prophet he had in the service to Yahweh. So, what Elisha is saying is this You have laid such a groundwork. And, you know, you, you defeated the prophets of Baal. We, Jezebel is on the, the defensive and, and so forth. You know, so, and the prophets of Baal, I want to be even more effective. The doors that have been opened to you. And the power that Yahweh has sent through you into the nation, I want it not only to continue, but I want this kind of ministry to expand and be even twice what it was. Okay? If you, if Yahweh allows you to see him take me out of this world, it'll be done. So, and it was that they were going, walking and talking, and behold, a fiery chariot and fiery horses... And they separated them both and Elijah ascended into heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw it. And he was crying, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their riders. And he saw him no longer. And he took hold of his garments and rent them in two pieces. And when he says the chariots of Israel and the riders of those chariots, he is exclaiming that the only power that has spared Israel in a dark day of sin and idolatry is the power that Yahweh sent through the prophet. It didn't matter how many chariots or horsemen or or soldiers, foot soldiers or whatever that Ahab or any other king would have had. It was the power of the ministry of Elijah that, brought, that actually brought strength to the nation of Israel. And this is exclaimed then by Elisha when he sees him going away in a chariot of fire pulled by horses of fire moving up to heaven in a whirlwind. And he picked up Elijah's mantle that had fallen off of him. And he returned and stood on the bank of the Jordan. And he took Elijah's mantle that had fallen off him and he struck the water and said, Where is Yahweh, the God of Elijah? So he too struck the water and it divided on this side and on that side. And Elisha crossed. So it is a sign that uh, the request of Elisha has been granted and he has started out here being able to do what Elijah did just prior to his being taken away. Now, let's think about this and I want us to note here in in, in the life and we've studied Elijah quite a bit through the past several chapters, took a break from Elijah but now comes to an end, the study of Elijah. Four things reflecting back on the ministry of Elijah. Four things that show us that he was ready to meet the Lord. First of all, he reestablished himself as a loyal servant of God. He was not lost in, nor did he succumb to his failure. That time when he ran from the chariots of Jezebel and collapsed in exhaustion and wanted to die. And yet still there was a great ministry ahead of him. He couldn't see it. Yahweh could see it. So Yahweh sent an angel. You remember the story. Uh, And then he sat in the cave and there was a lightning, there was an earthquake and all this stuff, but God was in the still small voice, you remember? And he put him back to work once Elijah had been refreshed. Here's a guy who requested to die. He had all kinds of depression to come upon him, but he knew enough just to sit still until Yahweh restored him. When you collapse in service to the Lord, and he collapsed in all three ways that a man can collapse, he collapsed physically because he had run so hard and so far Uh, without stopping, trying to dodge and avoid the chariots of Jezebel. He was exhausted spiritually because he had won this tremendous battle on Mount Carmel. And then he took the sword and he slew the prophets of Baal and experienced the great thing. And having the, the great power of Yahweh... And the fire that Yahweh sent down when Baal could, obviously there is no Baal, there is no other God. So this, was, this took him to a pinnacle spiritually that was as far as he could go within himself. And yet still came down from there apparently thinking he could still go further. And then he collapsed emotionally. Because of physical exhaustion, because of spiritual exhaustion, he was completely wiped out emotionally such that he just dropped beneath a tree and he just said, kill me. I'm no good. I've tried. The nation's not any different than it was. He was looking through the weakened eyes of Elijah Yahweh, on the other hand, was looking through the omnipotent eyes of Yahweh and the omniscience of Yahweh. And he told him that there were so many that hadn't bowed their knees to Baal, and that there were, there were prophets that, prophets in training that needed further training. There were administrative duties, there were governmental duties that he needed to be involved with, because the hand of Yahweh would reach even into those areas, and Elijah was his prophet. To do these things, Elijah had been proven because of the great thing. Well, here's the deal. He was reestablished and he was and he was as probably stronger of a prophet at the end of it than, than he was back even when he confronted Ahab and declared that a drought was coming. So he reestablished himself as a loyal servant of God and proved in his own life, The power of God working in his life. Secondly, he made a real difference for God in his day. The people had had collapsed into the presence of uh, Baal, idolatry, false worship. It was... In the heart of Yahweh, the most grievous sin, because that sin of idolatry was, was the root that led to all other sins. So their hearts were turned away from Yahweh, and not only that, there was Ahab the king and Jezebel, his queen, and their efforts to try to turn the entire nation uh, into an idolatrous nation, but God raised up Elijah This one guy, this one guy from from an obscure place and he would get laughed at because of the way he looked, the way he dressed, but he had the spirit of God in his life and in his heart such that he was able to stand in front of the king and declare the sinfulness of the king and the sinfulness of the nation, declaring that the way of Ahab and Jezebel were create, they were creating for Israel enemies from within themselves. He called Elijah the enemy of Israel and Elijah said, you got this all wrong. You're the enemy. You're the reason. The sin that you have brought in and imported into this nation and encouraged in the lives of the people and your queen, a priestess of Baal. This is why the nation suffers in its drought and in its weakness because of sin that you have pandered to. Well, he made a real difference for God in his day because finally he, he defeated the prophets of Baal and he, he cried out who is on the Lord's side, you know. Don't halt between two opinions. If Yahweh is God, then serve him. There was a great difference made in the nation at that time. And even though for a brief moment, Elijah became weak. The nation was strengthened through what Elijah had done. He made a real difference for God in his day. And obviously he he couldn't recognize it. It, That wasn't what was on his mind because when he said he was ready to die and God said, there are thousands that haven't bowed their knees to Baal. He didn't realize what a difference he had made. Through his obedience to Yahweh, the strength of Yahweh moving through the life of Elijah, the faithful prophet. Boy, that's a great testimony. A person in service to the Lord making a difference for God. And God is doing it so that he doesn't really think about it or know anything about it. The point is that he was obedient Completely and absolutely to Yahweh and Yahweh used that even though Elijah at the time it was happening couldn't see it. Thirdly, he prepared a younger generation for service after him. He left a great thing and what he had done laid a foundation for a greater thing. It's arguably, Elisha, in as far as the power of Yahweh and miracles and so forth, Elijah, Elisha was, in a sense, a greater prophet than Elijah. And the difference that is seen in the world in the time of Elisha and the boldness of, of the disciples of the prophets who, who are now ready to uh, emerge from their hiding and, and, and they become... Uh, more visible and strengthened inwardly in their service than they had ever been before. This is because what Elijah did was such that when he left, he left a work that could continue to grow, and he left it in the hands of a younger generation that he had not only trained, but he had revealed in his life how powerful Yahweh is. And so he prepared a younger generation for service after him. The greatest thing we can do in ministry is invest ourselves in other people, especially in another generation. So that's the third reason that we know that he was ready to meet the Lord. But finally, when he left, he left a work that was bigger than himself. Elijah didn't really think about it. But who was it that exclaimed as he was being taken away? It was Elisha. Yonder goes the power of Israel. Yonder goes the might of Israel. Yonder is the difference maker in Israel. We've gone through the life of Elijah in our study here in 1 and 2 Kings. and We have seen that Elijah just didn't see it that way for himself. He was just obedient and he was stirred and unctioned in his spirit to preach out and to stand against the awful sin of his day. And he went right up to the top to the king. And he was simply obedient. He never changed the way he dressed. He never changed the place where he lived. He made no demand for riches or anything else. He was just totally immersed and absolutely obedient In service to Yahweh, the Lord. And because of the power of this man as Yahweh worked through him and it reached out throughout the nation, when his time was over, he left a work that was bigger than himself, invested in the lives of those other men that just keeps getting bigger because of this man, this prophet known. As Elijah. Well, we're going to stop there and uh, we'll have our deacon prayer time.